0: I want to say that before I begin, this will be my last sex episode for quite a while. Um, just like I did the religion one where that'll be my last one for quite a while. I'm not going to deadline. I don't even know when I'll do another one again. I just need to take a break presently from it allow myself to heal I do want to say what I wanted to say in the last episode about sex that I will start off now before I go any further I decided to do sex scenes in television and movies but I want to make it clear I want to do ethical sex scenes in television and movies um because the sex scenes in the media tend to showcase sex in ways that can be abusive, unrealistic, um, violent, um, uh, power hungry, um, overly animalistic, um, super swift and fast to the point where the floor play is never showcased itself. So what I wanna do is say is that I decided to do sex scenes softcore porn, hardcore porn and just television and movies in general, the ones that they show at the movies the ones they would show on Netflix or Hulu or those other uh, movie and television devices that they show Um, putlocker.com for example it's because I want to help people to understand that it's okay to have a healthy relationship with sex and sexuality It's okay to have a healthy relationship with sensuality and eroticism. It's okay to have a healthy sexuality with intimacy and the interpersonal as well as the social. And it's okay to have healthy relationships with emotional intimacy Crisis intimacy, sexual intimacy, physical intimacy, uh, communication intimacy, recreational intimacy, aesthetic intimacy, work intimacy, commitment intimacy, creative intimacy, conflict intimacy, spiritual intimacy, intellectual intimacy. I want to show people that it's okay to have healthy relationships with all of the 12 types of intimacy. That's why I want to get into softcore porn and be a softcore performer, get into hardcore porn, be a hardcore porn performer, and get into performing sex scenes and just television and movies in general. I want people to also know that I am not a hit it and quit it type of person. I have to have sex with the same person and the same people at least twice. So, if you're a one night stand type person, you have to make a healthy compromise with me. Because I want to be able to keep up the beauty that we're displaying to one another. Um, Whatever is wholesome, you keep it, that momentum going, you know. Like, I have a, like, I believe that for myself, the honeymoon phase is never ends for me. You have to keep the honeymoon phase perpetuated between you, the other person, and the other people. And I believe that you can live out the honeymoon phase, even a casual relationship. Um, that, that would be me. So I'm a honeymoon face type of person. Yes, I'm a casual dater and I'm a casual relationship type of person. But the honeymoon phase for me has nothing to do with um, committed romance. That's everything to do with I'm in, I'm infatuated with the soul of the person, and I have a unbreakable infatuation with the person's soul Um, I have an unbreakable infatuation with honoring the flesh of the other person and I have adoration for their bodies and I believe that you can achieve those things without being in a relationship that's what I am so 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 many people say what type of intimacy do you have in your casual relationships, Antonia? I would say, in my casual relationships, there is emotional intimacy. In my casual relationships, there is sexual and physical intimacy. In my casual relationships, there is crisis intimacy. In my casual relationships, there is recreational intimacy. In my, rela- in my casual relationships, there is communication intimacy. In my casual relationships, there is aesthetic intimacy. In my casual relationships, there is uh, work intimacy. In my casual relationships, there is commitment intimacy, meaning being committed to respecting one another. In my casual relationships, there's creative intimacy. In my casual relationships, there's conflict intimacy. In my casual relationships, there's spiritual intimacy, meaning that we are Christ-like to one another without the religiosity. And in my casual relationships, there's intellectual intimacy. So all these 12 types of intimacy that I want to showcase ...in porn and uh, movies and television... ...in terms of the sex scene, performing... Software, for ...all the other things... ...I also have these same 12 types of intimacy... ...in my casual relationships... ...so... ...I felt the need to talk about that... ...because I want people to know... ...that because I'm big on intimacy... Like, I also want to say, before I finish that point, I want to showcase social intimacy and interpersonal intimacy in the softcore, hardcore porn that I want to do, as well as movies and television in general, right? And And to let people know it's okay to have those types of intimacy as well with people. Um... But I also have the social, the personal intimacy within my casual relationship too. So, because I'm big on intimacy and the personal, I have to have that with the same person and the same people at least twice. So, if you want to understand type of person, understand that I'm not your typical sex partner. Um, I really do love compassionately all of my partners. You can There's different types of love that you can have with people. And I want to showcase sacrificial love, compassionate love, and unconditional love between uh, people, myself and others. In the softcore porn, hardcore porn that I want to do, and the movies and television, and the sex scenes, just all the sex That's right, because I have sacrificial love, unconditional love, and compassionate love in my cash relationships. I want to showcase that. It's okay to have a healthy relationship with compassionate love. It's good okay to have a healthy relationship with it's sacrificial love. It's okay to have a healthy relationship with unconditional love, I just want people to know my heart, so because that's how my mind works, at least twice, so I can say, okay, and if they're like, you know, sex is great, I just, you know, I'm just not the type of person that will have sex um, with the same person multiple times, but I don't mind making an exception for you because we are. I'm not trying to change one night stand minded people because I'm cool with one night stands. I don't have a problem with it. Um I just know that yeah, you, know, you know, all you one night stand people may have to make an exception for me. I'm not trying to change you. I'm just letting you know who I am and this is how my mind works. Um I'm the type of person that um I'm not the type of person that ignores my partner's after sex um, Once I when I say hit it, I don't mean that violent. I don't mean fuck and shock as other people would call it to um. I don't have sex and not talk to you again. I don't have sex and go to sleep immediately. I don't have sex and dump you. I don't have sex and tell you, you ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get out of here. I'm not that type of person. Quite, quite honestly, I am the type of person that has these following qualities. I'm the type of sex partner that is into holding hands. I'm into cuddling. I'm into hugging. I'm into kissing. French kissing. tongue kissing. I'm into giving massages and receiving massages. I'm into bed sharing, I'm into sexual intercourse, right? So those are my things. I'm into um, being a snuggle buddy. I'm into snuggle buddy, I am. Um, And you can do all these things and not be in a relationship. It's just, you know, this is my way of showing... Uh, human decency, and I can do this stuff and not be tied down. Right? That's just how my mind works. I'm glad you know who I am. Um, you know, I'm into these other things. Like, for example, I'm into caressing. I'm into being inside someone's personal space, I'm into sexual activity, I'm into sustained eye contact, I'm into touching heads, I'm into tickling, and so, I'm into kissing on the cheek, I'm into public displays of affection, as well as the private displays of affection, that's just how I am. I could do all these things and be casual. I'm, I'm rare that way. Most people couldn't, I can And when it comes to myself and my partners in my casual relationships, this is how we feel about each other. This person completely accepts me as I am. I can openly share my deepest thoughts and feelings with this person. This person cares deeply for me. This person will only help me in any way. My thoughts and feelings are understood in the front by this person. And there's psychological, physical well-being, social support, and health um, maintenance. That's how we are with each other. We're also honest, expressing appreciation between communicating, you know, that's our emotional intimacy. We we communicate our feelings so much, show how much we care. We share our dreams with each other, you know, we're comfortable with each other. We have that vulnerability with each other. We have a healthy conversation process. Um, any tough times, we don't give each other tough times. So the tough times we get from outside of our cash relationship, we work on them together by being um, neighborly to one another. It's one of my favorite words I use a lot now um we disclose thoughts feelings and emotions in order to reach an understanding we offer each other mutual support we have a sense of community with each other we keep building and we share duties like okay you want to go out okay we go out or okay i fit the bill you fit the bill. That, those kind of things and so we have intimate communication we have like talking we do that we have healthy degrees of comfort, effectiveness, mutual experience of closeness, right? And we also have implied communication you know, friends sitting close in a park, in silence. So you have healthy verbal communication, healthy non-verbal communication, You have healthy written and texting and email communication. That's right. So, we have healthy self-efficiency and healthy life satisfaction with one another. So I wanna showcase all these things in all these things I just said, all the above I just said to you, I want to show them all in South porn, hardcore porn, and to tell not about sex scenes, so this is what I mean, That that's the, another truth I want to give to you, and I also want to tell you this, I'm not the type of person that has sex with you and then walks out, or then runs out, no, I'm not the type of person that has sex with you and then you run out or walk out, no, I couldn't have sex with a hidden a person because um that's just not how i operate for example when i do sex scenes, movie television soccer porn hockey, porn, i would have to perform with the people and the person at least twice the way i am in my private life is exactly I'm in my public life yes this is sex industry but i'm like hey this is who i am outside of this world so The world that we're in, the same rules apply. If we perform, we have to do it at least twice. Because I can't show you my body just one time. It has to be at least twice as a compromise so I can know that I have multiple outstanding memories of our the oneness of our bodies and souls and you don't have to be tied down to experience that. That's what casual is like. Um, I'm not the type of person that after I have sex with you, we never have any sort of contact with each other again. Oh, hell no. I'm not the type of person that after I have sex with you, I never see you in person ever again. I'm not the type of person. I just know who I am. I'm not the type of person that Okay, we quote-unquote knock the boots and then I dip out, you dip out, we dip out to our different directions. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that type of person. And I, people have to understand that about me. So if you're a hidden and quitted person like, yeah, I'll fuck Antonio just one time. I'm letting you know you can't just fuck me one time. I felt the need to say that because some people may hear the podcast and get ideas. You don't know what people are thinking while they listen to you. Some people, when they hear somebody talk about sex, in my their ear, their fascination and ears get perked up. So I'm just letting it be known on the record. That way, people can't be like, "Well, you got to i them." Like I told you, and the rest of the world. This is how I operate. I'm this way in softcore porn. I'm this way in hardcore porn. I'm this way in the movie, television, sexies. I'm this way in my personal life that I love to make public because there's no bullshit attached to my personal life. There's no bullshit attached to my professional life because I'm a square dealing person, right? So this is who I am. I, I care for and care about my casual partner and my casual partners care for and care about me and it's the exact same way in the world of porn and the movies and television and sections it's the same way i am that consistent i'm that true to myself and to others and i'm that true to themselves and to me so i i just it, it really is important to me um to say that um, a lot of times people are not honest people don't tell the truth and I'm like look I know that another reason for that being casual, I never shared this with anyone is because I am curious healthily curious about multiple people, their conversation, their dreams, their healing journeys, their family dynamics, their friendship dynamics, their dynamics with life and the world and the universe and their inner lives and their outer lives. So, because of that curiosity, it just fits my personality. Like I, I want to experience inner beauty from the multitudes. And I love the outer beauty of the multitudes too. I'm like, I want to experience the diversity of inner beauty and outer beauty from the multitudes. It's who I am. I love people, I like people, I respect people. And to know that there's more than one way to experience all around the beauty in the world and, and spectrum of it I want to beautifully partake and I use the word partake because I do not see humans as less than humans I don't see humans as of humans so me to partake is actually good in this context so that is why I'm an ethnominalist person that is a perspective on it that I, I, I also want to be obvious. Yes, I want to experience all the types of intimacies that I just named. I want to experience all the 12 types of intimacies, as well as all of the three types of love sacrificial, unconditional, and the passion with the entire human diversity of adults. That's another reason why I'm ethically non I I am grateful and I'm not one of those oh my god, it's so boring to have sexual person. I don't feel that way. I don't look at people and people's lives and my life that way. No, 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 no. That's that's nothing to do with that. Not I don't have any nail pick reasons for being ethically monogamous. I don't have any male pig reasons for being ethically, ethically non-monogamous. I don't have any male pick reasons for being a confirmed bachelor, without kids, without family person life. That's not me. That's not where my heart is. I'm just saying this is how my biology is wired as a person. Um, And that curiosity has nothing to do with emptiness, has nothing to do with loneliness, has nothing to do with greed, has nothing to do with insecurity, has nothing to do with jealousy. It's just, that's just, I'm, 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 this, this is how I'm wired as a person. I just love diversification. I love spectrums. I love, you know, Venn diagrams that I want to experience all around with all types of decent people that are adults in the world so that's just how I am and um, that's just how I, I, I think and so now that you know me in that way I do want to say in the last episode, I do want to say this, because if I don't say it, I can't go to sleep. I'm a spanker and a spanky. Okay, now that I've gotten that out, let's let's get into what I really want to tell you. This is Medium.com Chris Kirsty Taylor, May 9, 2020. Um Here's the question. I took a pause because I had to get ready for the question. So you could get ready for the question. Do you feel emotionally safe during sex? How sexual intimacy extends beyond consent and condoms. Here's Kirsty Taylor's story. And then I'll put my two cents in it. Once we get to all the questions she outlined and all the points that she makes after. So I let her tell her story and then I'll put my input once she gets to the questions and beautiful points she makes after. I read this in advance. Each time he entered me, I winced. An intense stabbing pain radiated from my vagina throughout my body. I'd never felt that kind of pain during sex, but with this boyfriend, I did. After trying it a few more times, I went to a professional to get some answers. He's probably bigger than what you're used to, the doctor stated. I left the doctor feeling confused. My boyfriend wasn't packing in an abnormally large penis in my gut. I knew that wasn't the reason to find an answer. I turned to the internet. That was the first time I came across the term, quote, unquote, emotional safety. I read about how feeling uncomfortable having sex with someone can translate to physical pain that has no clear cause. That feeling emotionally unsafe can severely affect an intimate experience. I sat and digested this information. It began to make sense. My boyfriend had snuck his way into my life after a rough breakup with my previous boyfriend. He was an acquaintance who I thought wanted to help me through my breakup. One day, I overheard him and a friend talking. His friend said, "Dude, you have to get in while she's vulnerable." Turned out, his motive was to get laid. But I was too heartbroken from my previous relationship to care. I pretended like I would never heard what they said. It should come as no surprise that our relationship was always unstable. I didn't feel comfortable in his presence, and we always seemed to step on each other's toes. Our sex was used as a way to make up after fights. It also it was also a means for me to feel unwanted. it was also a means for me to feel wanted, and for him to feel like I was his. That was two years ago, and the relationship has since ended along with the pain I felt during sex. I took with me the newfound knowledge of how much emotional needs can play a role in intimacy between two people. I'll, I'll only add this to her story, not to disrespect her, but you know between more than two people group sex. Consent and condoms don't necessarily create safe sex like school once taught us emotional safety is just as important. Disregarding your emotional, disregarding your emotional safety during sex can have lasting impacts on your psyche. It shapes the way you're able to experience intimacy with partners in the future and the way you be yourself in intimate spaces. When emotional needs are removed from the equation, sex becomes carnal. For some, that works just fine, but for people who want a connection with their partner, that's not okay. If you're wondering if you feel emotionally safe during sex, there are a few questions you can ask yourself. Questions to ask yourself to determine your emotional safety. Here we go, here we go. Is sex used to establish the bond in your relationship? Does either partner withhold sex? Does your partner criticize whenever you're intimate? Are you submitting to your partner even when you don't want to? Does sex feel degrading? Do you have sex because you want to or is there another reason? Do you stay quiet when sex hurts? Does your partner press you into trying things you don't want do they hurt you without consent here's the other question i'm to establish do you have sex with toxic people and why are your partners toxic and why are you toxic if you think you lack emotional safety during sex you're not alone unfortunately a connection between two partners isn't something we're taught in school Nor is it something seen in the media, despite the group sex saggers too. It wasn't until recently that consent came onto people's radars. But establishing trust and respect is still a foreign concept. The good news is the more you talk about emotional safety, whether with your partner or people in your life, the more awareness there is for the subject. And the even better news is establishing an emotional connection before you get in bed and all the other sex settings with someone and someones can lead to even better sex. When you feel emotionally safe, you'll feel comfortable being yourself and expressing your needs. You're also being tuned with your partner and their partner creating a res- reciprocated experience of pleasure rather than a self-satisfying one. How do you establish emotional safety? Well, there are a few ways. Communicate with your partner. If it's unclear what each other's intentions are, either state them or ask. If you're sleeping with someone you hope will form a serious relationship with... Hold on, just getting myself again. If you're sleeping with someone you hope will form a serious relationship with you, be clear that's where you see things going. If you're sleeping with your ex in hopes of reuniting, ask them if they're thinking the same. Create boundaries and be firm with them. Yes, bound, you have to have boundaries in sex. Sexual boundaries are a must-have. Create boundaries and be firm with them. What are you willing and not willing to do? How much foreplay do you want to engage in or not want to engage in? Do you like getting violent? Are you more submissive or dominant? Or are in between? It's grateful to be playful during sex and explore new things, but be clear about what you're absolutely not okay doing and be clear about what you're absolutely never okay doing. Y'all have our limits. It's okay to have limits in life, including sex. It's okay to have deal breaks. It's okay to have healthy compromises, all right? Ask what they want. So many people don't know how to please their partner and their partners, yet they're quiet during sex. If you want to make sure your partner and their partners feel emotionally safe, ask them how they're doing. Ask what they want you. To, ask what they want you to more or less of. Speaking up breaks the silence that holds a lot of Harvard thoughts don't be scared to say you want to wait there's nothing wrong with not wanting to have sex if your partner pressures you having sex that's even more of a reason not to have sex speak up with your partner or partners about whether or not you're in the mood be honest with yourself if you're involved with something that makes you feel uncomfortable no amount of work will change that like i stated in my story above i didn't feel the relationship was right and my body responded to that physically i I, it wasn't that we needed to talk things out. It's that I needed to be honest with myself that I didn't want to be in that relationship. Always make sure there's consent. And of course, make sure there's consent. Consent isn't just sexy. It's a fundament, it's a fundamental human right? Emotional safety is what I lacked in my relationships and something I'm glad I worked on. I went too long experiencing intimacy without pleasure. It was about time I reclaimed that. If you're feeling the same way, consider creating the emotional space it's free to connect with your partner and their partners. Yes, it's a bit different from what you were taught, or it means, but when it means better sex, it's worth a shot. By the way, I like BDSM, ref sex, even giving, violence sex, even giving, without sexual violence. Hm. And I like kinky sex. I like super freaky sex. That, I'm a super free guy. I'm a freakin'. I like fruity sex. I'm a freak. Okay. Those those are my givings and receivings. Alright, I'm done. oh I like porn sex, receiving giving. I like unconventional sex, receiving giving. I like vanilla sex, conventional sex, receiving and giving. Okay. More. There's more. What am I who am I kidding? Um, I like giving and receiving. Intimate sex. Um Essential sex, energetic sex, animalistic sex, primal sex. Plus, um, I like giving and receiving. Romantic sex, slow sex, Medium sex, fast sex, um, shape shifting sex. As you know, I'm having my fun right now. Erotic sex. Yes, I'm getting and receiving with that. Of course. I'm just getting this all out of my system. I like... Um... The type of I like vulnerable sex to get receiving that as well. So basically, I am the five erotic blueprints I'm energetic, I'm sensual, I'm sexual, I'm kinky, I'm shape So I like sexual sex too. Yeah, that's all me. That is all me. I like to get received these things. These are all my forms of real sex that I have. Get receiving in real life. That's just. Who I am. This is why I can sleep well at night. Because I'm being true to myself. And I just love being true to myself. Because that means I'm true to you. I'm real to you. Because I'm real to me first. Um. Okay. So let me get back. So you won't think. You're being distracted. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. So did I always have complete emotional safety with my partners, independent of the abuse. No, it was enough, but it could have been 100%. It was about 95. The rest of us, we didn't know how to fully um, be emotionally safe one another. Um, did I have emotional safety during rape? Hell no, that never exists. I never felt emotionally safe during rape when I was raped when I was five years old. I was gang raped when I was five years old. So. These are the questions that my partners and I ask each other and ourselves, and we and our answers to the questions are actually healthy and good because it shows that okay we do have 100 percent emotional safety during our sex having, our love making, and our fucking. So that's how it works with myself and them and themselves and me. So if my partners and myself um, we communicate with each other effectively. We create, uh, boundaries effectively, and we're firm with our boundaries effectively. We ask what we want and need, uh, effectively. We're not scared to say we need to wait when we need to. We can't always have it because they have a busy schedule with me too. So we're not scared to say we want to wait, um, and that's good we're honest with each other and ourselves. We always make sure that there is consent and, more importantly, enthusiastic consent when it comes to each other. So, I'm a positive person that engages in sexual relations with other positive persons. I'm a, I'm a decent adult who has sexual intercourse, or With other decent adults. That is how I live my life. Now let me get to. This truth. Here we go. Feeling safe during sex. At Love is Respect we talk about. At love is respect. We talk about consent because we know it's an important part of a healthy relationship. Without consent, how can people in an intimate relationship ensure everyone's needs are being met? When consent is present, so are open communication, trust, and healthy boundaries. We also know that sex and consent are mutually inclusive. and sex without consent, isn't sex at all? It's rape. Right. By the way, I now I have intimacy with pleasure. That's the type of sex partner and sex that I have in All right, okay. With so many famous people, actors, athletes, and politicians sharing their stories of sexual assault, many of us might have questions about sex and consent. So let's lay out some of the conditions needed to make sure everyone is safe and on the same page while having sex or thinking about being intimate with someone. Think of these as some of the groups of a healthy relationship, right? By the way, everything I said about the two types of intimacy, and all the three types of love. I want to showcase that as a pornographer and a porn director and a director of movies and television that showcase sex. Okay, I just want to showcase all that. I just love being honest. It is so helpful. Alright. Um... I want to clarify that, um, so let me go, I want to clarify this now, in my cash relationships there's over communication, trust, and healthy boundaries, is my cash relationships, are healthy relationships, I have healthy relationships without my cash relationships, of course, so here we go, what makes sex feel safer, it's free of coercion and fear, Healthy relationships are built on open, honest, and respectful communication. It is safe to say that there is no room for pressure or fear when it comes to sex. Love and respect cannot be pressed in a relationship where there is coercion or fear. Pressuring someone to be intimate with you by threatening to hurt them or do something bad if they don't agree to what you are asking to, by like spreading rumors or naked pictures on social media, are no no's when it comes to sex and consent. Pressuring someone to do something that they don't want to do or using scare tactics to get you there are definitely not caring or trusting ways to have a relationship. They are techniques used to keep power and power and control over someone. So when it comes to myself and my casual relationships as well as my future uh, porn career and my future career my exalegion of sex scenes, it's 100% free of coercion and 100% free of fear. Okay? That applies to my future careers on those things as well as my casual relationships that I have outside of those worlds that I'm interested in. Okay? consent is ongoing. You may have literally said yes to kissing or making out or express interest with a nod or smile, but that is not an automatic yes to quote unquote going all the way. Yeah, the right to change your mind mm-hmm. just because you said yes at the beginning of whatever you were doing, but doesn't count as an ongoing automatic yes and never other actions or behaviors that may mm-hmm. follow. Open communication and clear boundaries are crucial to ensure that consent is present and ongoing at every step of the way in your relationship. So, in my view, In my casual relationships, my future curse and porn and the moved dogs and the sex scenes. This is my cash relationship. Curset is 100% ongoing. And by the way, I love making out huff kissing. I love receiving and giving, making out and kissing. I, 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 I do. This is how I roll, Okay. It's enthusiastic. By the way, I love I'm giving and receiving the comfort. Of touching, doing stuff together, kissing, holding hands. Yeah, You can and, Um It's enthusiastic. Enthusiastic means both partners are excited and engaged with each other about holding hands, doing stuff together, kissing, and touching. When there is enthusiasm, there's no means of threats, coercion. Physical punishment or making anyone feel like you're quote unquote old in anything. Enthusiasm about intimacy can also spill over into enthusiasm about the relationship as a whole. So, if you have quote unquote blabbermouth blabbermouthed, team call, calls it. So, you and your partner can be emotionally and physically safe while having rewarding sex and sex relationships, whether it's a short or long term relationship, All right? So, my short term casual and my long term casual um i do have rewarding sex sex relationships, and we are excited and engaged with each other like casual partners you know so i have casual partners in the future porn world that i'll be in and the television sex scenes where i have casual partners there so when i say casual partners think my personal life that i publicize to you all think my porn career in the future and think when I do movies and intelligent sex scenes, then too, right? So, oh, this casual stuff. I say casual, that includes them, okay? So yes, my, so yes, I experience it's enthusiasm comes to myself and my casual relationships. Okay, you're both interested in each other. When when there's mutual interest in a healthy relationship, it's likely that both partners want similar things. They care about each other's needs, work together toward a common goal, and treat each other with respect. Mutual interest is a vital part of sex and consent because it means that both parties are in tune and want the same outcome for each other. They understand respect, have clear boundaries, and ensure both parties feel confident, secure, and respected. So this is, I, yes, my myself and my casual partners we are highly interested in each other and everything they said under the book in each other are the realities the beautiful realities that my casual partners and i beautifully experience together there's really no right or wrong when it comes to relationships because they're all different but we can tell you that all relationships should have one thing in common Respect and trust. If you still have questions or concerns about your relationship, reach out to an advocate for help. These, the, these things are all true. I love these things. These things are all true. So, yes, I do feel safe doing sex when I have do too. Okay. Here we go. Bustle.com, how to have emotionally safe sex by Rachel Sanoff, November 18, 2014. When we learn about safe sex in school, if we're lucky enough to have access to sex ed, the Safe Sex Lecture focuses on sexually transmitted infections and pregnancies, if not abstinence. It's only now that some high schools are introducing lessons about consent and healthy relationships into the curriculum, thanks to the new yes means yes education standard. While this is definitely an improvement, it still leaves many of us wondering, what is emotionally safe sex? Does safe sex mean more than condoms? The answer to that question is yes. Sex requires a lot more than just condoms to be safe. Deja Idului, whom you may recognize from her work on Buzzfeed, recently released a beautiful spoken word poem titled What I wish someone told me about having sex. In the piece, Idului describes a sexual relationship with a man that ends when he falls for another woman. The heartbreak and devastation leads to a realization that kindness and pregnancy prevention are far from the only things one should think about when engaging in, quote-unquote, safe sex. As Edouard states in the poem, I have feelings and emotions that have a right to be protected, and I guess that I just wish that we had taken the time to use both mental and physical protection. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon to find yourself in emotionally unsafe sexual relationships. Friends with benefits relationships often leave one person Pining and heartbroken people. Well, that's not true for all FW relationships. Some have those issues, some don't. Like, I have friends and relationships. I have relationships that some people will call booty calls, but none of my partners are pieces of asses to me. Okay? None of my partners are dicks and pussies. That's not how I look at them at all. I don't look at women as tits and ass. I don't. That's fucked up. I don't look at men as pecs and balls. I don't look at men like that either. I don't look at people as they're just genitals and that's it. Hell no. That's, That's some foul ass shit, man. I don't operate that way. But I do have hooked up relationships and friendship relationships that are that are quite effective. I just want to say that. So she was saying, you know, um, people string a partner along for fear of ending a relationship. We'll hook up with bad exes because moving on hurts. Consent and trust are a foreign concept to too many. As others have told us, we all deserve safety. We must demand safety. Let's talk about what we can do in order to have safer sex while you're in a casual, community-sex relationship. As I do, he says, people like to talk about how to avoid STIs in the physical kind, but nobody likes to talk about the STIs that can destroy your mind. One, communicate honestly. Communication is a key component of a relationship and is a key component of any sexual encounter, whether it's casual or a serious partner. If the intentions of either participants... Are than a conversation has to happen, or just keep all parties emotionally protected? Are you sleeping with an ex that you're still hung up on? Is this just a hookup or a rebound? Do you want more than that? Also known as, do you have serious feelings for this person, or does this person have serious feelings for you but you're not interested? This is vital information because people engaging in casual sex when they don't have casual feelings is devastating. Besides communicating intentions, it's also important to be able to communicate what you like and dislike in order to achieve the pleasure that you deserve. And it goes both ways. It's important to be receptive to your sexual partners' likes and dislikes. If you cannot comfortably comfortably express these desires to the person, they may not be the safest sexual partners. So when it comes to myself and my casual relationships, we communicate honestly. Number two evaluate your choices think about your life think about your choices for real though you can't read another person's mind and while you would hope that they could communicate honestly with you you can really only trust yourself especially in more casual scenarios that means you have to take time to ask yourself questions and listen to the answers carefully in the heat of the moment that's easy said or done but there are some important ones why are you going to have sex with this person Is that what you want to do? Because then, awesome, get it. Or do you just think it's what you have to do as if your body is owed to them because you're in a relationship? By the way, that's sexual assault. When I said get it, I was just saying, have at it. Okay. So my my in my casual relations, my partners and I, we evaluate our choices wisely. Three, what do you want? Do you know what you want? Yet you're choosing do you know what you want? Yet you're choosing to ignore because of temptation. Allow me to explain if you know that you are hopelessly in love with a person, only sees you as a friends with benefits. Don't act like those romantic feelings are non-existent in the name of quote-unquote getting some. Heartbreak will find you in the end. And if someone that you only see as a friend pours their heart out to you, but the feeling is not neutral, don't play along in the name of quote-unquote getting some either. Respect your own and other people's desires enough to not be too reckless in the moment. My body's saying let go, but my heart is saying no ina at glare circuit 1999 developing all always thanks for and Christina um so my, so my partners and I we we ask each other what do we want and we say intimacy with casual pleasure and then we also say casual intimacy with pleasure Number four, do you know your boundaries and have you express them? If you don't feel comfortable telling someone that you are not okay with something, that's with that person may become very unsafe. Intercourse with someone who makes you feel voiceless is extremely unhealthy. Consent is a human right as is the right to say no to anything at any time. So my partners and I, we know our boundaries and we express them respectfully but directly. Number five, do you want to slash need to know more about this person before it can Now, if you choose to have an anonymous fun one night stand, this perhaps doesn't apply in the same way. Or if that is not something that you're into, make sure you know that information that is most important to you, to you for you to trust them. You know this person's relationship status. Do you know if they are kind? Do you know if you want to if you want them to keep in contact with really just any facts that are most concerning to you if you're to become with someone okay so my partners and i we know each other's relationship status and we honor it we know that we 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 know that we are kind people and we do want to keep in contact with each other absolutely um So yes, my partners and I, we feel we need to want to and need to know more about each other before we continue. Ah, yes. So. So. I also want to say that I know the sexual... Orientation of my partners. My partners know my sexual orientation. Let me say it for the last time in an episode that I did. Was, if I mentioned again, it's with guests. Okay. So when you're a public figure, that's what the podcast is about, and some people are going to get ideas about who you are, and they may want to have sex with you anybody wants to have sex with me, I'm just letting you know. I am pansexual. I am pangender. I am non-binary. I am queer. I go by all gender pronouns. Pick which ones you want to call me and call me what you're comfortable calling me. And call me Tony. call me Anthony. It's all good. Okay? Um, and to anybody who has other ideas regarding me, I am permanently childless and child-free by my choice. I am ethically non-monogamous forever by my choice. I am casual, dating, casual, casual sex-having person forever by my choice. I am petless, never pet-owning by my choice forever. Um, I am totally living alone by my choice forever Um, I'm permanently single by my choice forever. Um, I never do committed dating, I never do commitment dating, I never engage, I never marry, I never do biological parenting, I never do foster parenting, I never do adoptive parenting. And I never do informal parenting unless uh, there are people that see me as a parental figure. Now, that's a different story. But I never do sperm bank parenting, okay? So I wanted to get all this out of my system. Yes, I am ethically promiscuous by my choice forever. Um... I am an ethical sex-having person only by my choice forever. So, I wanted to say that publicly, because I may have new listeners, you need to know who I am, where I stand, and uh, by the way, yes, I want to be an ethical porn performer, I want to be a global ethical porn icon. I want to be a global feminist porn icon. Yes, I want to be a feminist porn performer. I do. I want to be an ethical porn pornographer and to be a global icon for that. I want to be a uh, feminist porn pornographer. I want to be a global icon at that. I want to be a director in both those worlds. to be a global icon for that. And I'll be a global icon because movies and television ethical sex scenes I want to do um, as well as produce and direct and so on and so forth so these are my truths now let's get on six and obviously practice consent consent isn't just quote-unquote sexy as many social media movements as reminded us it's also mandatory so my partners and I we have uh mandatory consent okay so that's what I wanted to tell the truth I believe in realness. Let's get down to it. Arizona Center for Marriage and Family therapy. True intimacy is in emotional safety. This September 2nd, 2, 2020, couples sexual health, but this applies to casual people too. As your, as your relationship with your chosen significant other, casual or committed, <laughs> develops and progresses, you may encounter rough patches. Moments may feel frustrated and misunderstood by a partner. Might even feel like your attraction, see what your partner has suffered, and is what it isn't what it used to be. In those moments, remember that this is a natural part of relationships. There are simple ways your partner There are simple ways that you and your partner can build connection and achieve intimacy. The key to building a deep and satisfying connection with your partner is providing for as well as experiencing emotional safety. Emotional safety is feeling safe and secure with a partner because they provide you space for being vulnerable and emotionally intimate with them. When you feel contempt for your partner, it be indicated that there has been a lack of emotional safety and intimacy between you. We each play a role in our relationships in a way you can begin to build safety and connections by examining your role in the disconnection. Some questions to consider when examining a role in the emotional strains in a relationship with your partner include, are you experiencing unmet needs or vulnerable feelings such as hurt, fear, or shame that you are acting out indirectly, perhaps angrily, rather than expressing in a non-blaming, mature way? rather than expressing the non-blaming, mature way? How well are you listening when your partner expresses feelings or needs that might be uncomfortable to hear? Are you contributing to emotional disconnection because you insist on being right or feel uncomfortable when you don't have control over a situation? Is it difficult to soothe yourself when you're feeling frustrated or do you vent frustrations on others? Do you tend to react defensively or not take your partner's feelings and preferences seriously enough? Are you using words, body language, eye-rolling, head-shaking, or a tone of voice that raise your partner's shields? Through increased self-awareness, you can increase your own confidence in being vulnerable with your partner, thus providing the space and sense of safety for your partner to be vulnerable with you. All of this is for you and your partner to achieve deep and meaningful intimacy. So the rough patches and moments of frustration understood, but my part of myself is never with each other it's because of things that happened before we met each other things that happened outside of our relationships with each other and we answer these questions in ways that show that okay we're not causing what is called stress and strife with each other this is outside bullshit okay um so but we always ask like all the questions I'm asking that I'm reading to you and just coming up with, we ask each other's questions regularly, you know, for healthy accountability partnerships that we that I have within my past relationship. Okay. So I um also really feel like it was important to ask that type of question and make that type of statement. Um, okay I'm just making sure that this is what we talk about how to have emotionally healthy sex and why that's so important, quality over quantity tips for feeling good, healthy sex greatest.com that's reviewed by Jennifer Littner, PhD LMFT, CST, red by Gabriel Smith on December 22nd 2020, when the sex positivity movement, which I remember of Reached the internet in the mid-aughts. It upended mainstream conversations about sex. Suddenly, health experts and sex educators had a platform to fill the massive gaps of knowledge left by abstinence education and culturally held stigmas. Fast forward to now, and the popular opinion is unequivocal. Sex is a good thing that everyone should be doing. At some point, mainstream media's Giddy Embrace created a of interest in the health benefits of sex. These articles cite a jumble of research on topics such as sleep, immunity and in mind grooms to make the oversimplified point that having sex no matter the quality automatically makes you healthier. Sex is fun. Sex is a beautiful bonding experience. Sex is sweaty and smelly full of laughing and moaning. Those are aspects of my sex life my partner and I don't mind sharing. Anything I share with me and my partners, we're so comfortable that we just share it. And some of my partners and mine revealing the name their names and some do, so they don't mind like you can talk what we do, just don't put my name out there, and what I look like, make all, 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 all that stuff. That's cool. But those things are part of my sex life for real. It is not a vitamin, says sex educator Hannah De Priest. If you want to help plan and meet with a dietitian center for a yoga class. With so the help of De Priest, Sex Educator Rose in Syria will unpack why all sex can't be treated the same. Give advice on how you can have emotionally healthy sex. Aim for more emotionally healthy sex instead have lots of sex now don't get me wrong I have lots of sex I most certainly do and it is a vitamin to me too I am not going to lie and I treat all my partners the same in terms of equality and equity now I treat all them differently in the other sense that they have different personalities, different temperaments different outlooks of life so of course that, but I do have most healthy sex. Okay, the idea that the more sex we have, the healthier we will be, is really an idea that all sex is created equal. But if the sex you're but if the sex you're having causes stress or mental tor or mental but if the sex you're having causes strife or mental turmoil, it's not worth the physical benefits. It might actually do more harm than good. The reason stress. Stress your body's number one enemy, negatively affecting your sleep, heart health, ability to think, and more. Consider this commonly cited Dalvin study which suggests that frequent sex supports immunity. The study found that couples who had sex at least twice a week had more IgA, a protein important for immune function, and their saliva in the couples who had sex less than once a week. But the couples who had sex more than three times a week actually had less IgA. The authors hypothesized that despite having the most sex, these couples were also the most stressed. Which led to weaker immune systems. On the other hand, in two thousand and seventeen, studies suggest that pleasurable sex is the key to a happy marriage. The researchers examined the relationship between sex and marital satisfaction, the five couples over a fourteen-year period. The results suggest that a satisfying sex life in a warm interpersonal climate matter more than having sex frequently. How to make sure sex helps you feel better, not worse? When we talk about the health benefits of sex, we talk about the health benefits of orgasm and maybe kissing. We don't talk about all the other ways intimacy can be built with another person that just feels good, says Sierra. Here are some tips for having emotionally healthy sex. Communicate your wants and needs. This is your biggest asset in having sex that makes you feel safe, secure, and excited. But it's also not easy. Here's Sierra's advice. First communicate with yourself. First try to figure out why you want to have sex with someone else. That can help you put that this that can help put you in the mindset of achieving what you want to achieve, Sierra says. My partners and I do that, by the way. Tell the other person what you want kissing, orgasm, and physical closeness, awfully, for me. Um, whatever it may be, let them know. I make sure that I'm laying out what I want to experience, but I'm open to all of the fun things in between. Into. Sierra says, um, But my partners and I, we do this as well. If communication is hard for you, let them know that, too. Talking about sex is hard for most people. Trying to tell your partner for the same way. Being honest with one another will make you feel closer. My partners and I, we experience that as well. It gets easier if you communicate over time, though. Have more sex with yourself. Solo sex is a great way to get in touch with your unique emotional needs. Yes, I do have more sex with myself. I do practice solo sex, by the way. Try for a good orgasm or to experience pleasure in a new way. I suggest incorporating a new toy or a part of the body you may not be given attention to as often. Making a goal for your sexual section can be very fulfilling since it's pretty sport. with I'd better try to click section toy. Some of my lady partners do that. And... Um... I love my sexual sessions solo and partner. Uh-huh. Don't focus on orgasm. Fixating on orgasm can actually cause stress, and research suggests that chronic stress is associated with less physical arousal and owners. Hope the media stops making orgasm seem so common. Cheaple says decrease. Many people feel broken or damaged when they can't orgasm, flesh, make a partner or partner's orgasm from penetration alone. Instead, try to be present. It can help to use your senses to stay in the moment. What do you smell, taste, hear and feel when when you're having sex? So I don't focus on orgasms. you know, must be a butt brother all right. We we let's just say we orgasm at least once when we're um physically intimate. Not to to the bottom, we just at least once. That's just where that where that's just how it works for us, it's insane. But we don't focus on orgasms. And my partners, they have more sex with themselves. They have their solo sex sessions, so important for them, and they have their solo sex too. Okay, make time for aftercare. Get some spaces. So aftercare is the practice of making partner feel cared for as you wind down from sex. This might look like cuddling, I do that. Like I said, talking, I do that. that's like I said, watch a movie, I do that. I make food for the other person. We do all these things my myself and my casual partners. I I just have to interject. You say things to make you go. My partners and I do that. We do cuddling. We do talking. We watch. We discuss. We make food for each other. Okay. Aftercare can increase security and foster intimacy within a relationship. Right. Right. My partners and I would do that. Use barrier methods. Sex is tricky. Feel great while it's happening, but it can make you feel sick, sick with worry hours later. That's the motherfucking truth. One way to cut down on those post-sex words is to use a condom or another barrier method. Okay, my partners and I, we have safe sex. We have safer sex. We engage in safe sexual practices. We engage in safer sex. Sexual health practices. We do. We wear condoms. We use birth control every time, all the time. It's also good practice to to the topic part about STIs and STDs. We do. And because we know this conversation is easy, we, make, we made a talk tip to help it go more smoothly. You can check on it if you want to. It's the greatest great IST.com. Right. So, as far as that, we protect each other and ourselves from STIs and STDs get tested regularly. We have the negative test results. Prioritize your mental and emotional health. Mental health and sexual health are two sides of the same coin. The vulnerable nature of sex makes it a daunting task for many folks, especially those who have a history of trauma and mental illness. And sex can even trigger past traumas. That used to be my experience when I was much younger, sexually active due to sexual trauma, especially when I was five. Those things are true. That used to be true, no longer true. Working with a mental health professional can make all the difference. That's what I did. If you're new to therapy, check out our guide to find a therapist We also have this resource for sexual domestic abuse survivors. So, they you could go on the site if you want to. The healthiest sex is the sex that feels most natural to you. That's true for my life, bro. Um When the media portrays clinical good sex, it usually involves penetration. I'm a giver and receiver of that. Orgasms, get, I'm a giver and receiver of that. Being out of breath, I'm a giver and receiver of that. Moaning, I'm a giver and receiver of that. And quite a bit of sweat. I'm a giver good I'm a giver and receiver of that. Well, let me read it in a way that you don't think I'm interjecting too much. When the media portrays quote unquote good sex it usually involves penetration, orgasms, being out of breath, moaning, and quite a bit of sweat. Okay? This trope of mind blowing, vigorous sex is not only ableist and heteronormative, but also professional study that there's an objectively good or right way to have sex. That's true. By the way, I do have mind-blowing, vigorous sex. I do, but I want to say it again so you won't think I'm interjecting too much again. This trope of mind-blowing, vigorous sex is not only ableist and heteronormative, but also perpetuates the idea that there's an objectively good or right way to have sex. We often see in visual media that people kind of just jump into bed with each other or they want sex at the same time since Sierra obviously in real relationships and partnerships, people have differences and decides to want to have sex. That's so true. I mean there are times where I do jump into bed with my partner and want to have sex at the same time. Sometimes other times we just have to we have other situations where we have to work our way up to it. Hey sexual fluctuation can be a good thing, right? But I wanna focus on Sierra's point. We often see meaning that people kind of just jump into bed with each other. They want sex at the same time, says Sierra. Bob's in a real relationship and partnership people have differences and desires to want to have sex that's true good sex is up to each individual to divine to define and the definition can change depending on the day right by the way um we do spend hours kissing ourselves so kissing and snuffling my partners and myself okay let me stay focused uh, and before I stay focused my partners and I do have quick and efficient great sex. And we do have long and efficient great sex. And we have in between long and quick, efficient great sex. Okay? Okay. Okay. Let me stay focused. Sometimes the best sex is quick and efficient, while other times you want to spend hours kissing and snuggling. The key is to be honest with yourself. When you're in a sex situation, ask yourself what exactly you need in that moment to feel safe, supported, and fulfilled. So... These are things my partners and I do. The healthy sex is sex that feels most natural to you. That's what my partners and I we have. We have that. Wow, and we make time for aftercare. We use barrier methods, we don't focus on our gas and we like more sex with ourselves. We communicate our wants and our needs. Yes. Name for more emotionally healthy sex. Instead of lots of sex, but we do a lot of sex. Okay. Okay. So Wow, I, I know I do a lot of interjecting, but I gotta get all this out because I won't be doing sex episodes for a while. So let me just spit some. You know, here we go. So, when I say spit some, that's a rap term for speak freestyle. SunCrestCounseling.com. Emotionally safe sex. Ensuring sex is about connection. and healing. October 19, 2015 by Suncrest Counseling, Presented by Mark Chamberlain, PhD at the Togetherness Conference on October 17, 2015. The following content is a PowerPoint presentation. Emotionally safe sex. I feel messed up emotionally. I'm not crazy. Attachment system. I still want to be with my husband physically. I want to know if he's near me. Avoidance system. I want to be as far away from him. I want to be as far away from him as I can get. When I get near him, I get physically ill. Is sex better now? Better. Real. Authentic. More caring. Connection. Closeness. Harder. Complicated. Frustrating. Requiring attention, effort, dedication, frustration. Before I was blissfully naive. Not better? Not sure we've reached the payoff phase yet. Still so many trust issues, but it's matured into more than honeymoon sex, with him driven by less and giving little in return. Getting better, but still resentment and fear. How did it get better? The stages of progression. Recognize that trauma around sex took years. Believe I had a right to say no. Determination to change things. Persuade him I needed to change. Say no at any indication of interest due to fear of being manipulated. All sex initiated by me one year. He he's honest, soap and I'll protect myself, so allowed him to initiate sometimes. Fumbling to find a mutually comfortable level of frequency, variety, and who initiates. We're here now. Inhibitors to safety connection. I doubted myself, my sexuality. Was it my fault? Am I not lovable? He believed that he needed sex, and I shouldn't say no. He was afraid that if I said no at all, our sex life would die. I was afraid of being a doormat, of disapproval, of being taught something I don't want to do, of him not loving me. I didn't reach out for support. The confusion, I second-guessed everything. I didn't trust my own judgment. What I did that helped. Recognized my value, strength, did my recovery work. Honored my reluctance, prioritized emotional safety. I was the only, it was the only way forward. And as I never again had to have sex I don't want to, can say no thanks without fear of retribution, break from sex after his disclosure, except for five months, no physical contact. Sex was an option. The relationship was so damaged we had to start from scratch we rebuilding a friendship before anything intimate could be reintroduced. Boundaries about sex. We waited a week after we for sex several days after the lust hit. We've had multiple in-house separations in the last few years. Healthy boundaries and other easier areas of life first and sexual boundaries. Saying, no, I've learned that participating in unwanted sex would do me great harm. I can't afford to ignore my own protest. I can't even afford to try to like something. When I sense my husband is not in a good place where he back act out, I remove myself. I sleep on the couch. Trust flows from trustworthiness. It's the character of the man, his integrity, who they are, not just a show to placate you. Rebuild your faith in humanity, marriage, men. The whole thing depends on trust, and that's entirely dependent on the betrayer. If he doesn't become trustworthy, a healthy sexual relationship may never be possible. May never be possible. Ongoing betrayal is huge inhibitor. Our intimacy lives on the edge of a very steep cliff. My husband claims to act out regularly while attending three sex addiction groups. Neither of us are sure that he really wants to have this problem removed from his life. Only managed. doesn't. He doesn't feel worthy of sex with me after acting out. He requires himself to be sober for a while before coming back to the marriage bed. The progress is hindered because of the cycle, of chronic relapses over the course of years. Help that he takes full responsibility for his addiction, no blaming, demanding sex, encouraging me to doubt myself. Stayed close enough for me to know where he was when I was angry and withdrew. Did recovery work and regaining control of his life by reading, counseling, meeting with our bishop, pretending to his progressive victory over loss. Honesty. admitted he was a sex addict before we were married. Voluntarily told about every relapse since he first disclosed addiction 10 years ago. I could trust that I am not having sex with someone who's not sober. Friendship. He realized early on that we were going to have to learn all over again. So first we tried to go back to more intimate connections without sex. Watching movies together. Holding hands in church. Kissing hello and goodbye. Time too. It all just took lots of time two and a half years past the disclosure we're all still trying to figure out real intimacy sex has to be turned back on again after being shut down i turned those things off and i didn't feel safe let myself have those feelings and he wasn't exclusive you learn not to trust those feelings you get numb and reluctant to commit to decisions and activities initially tentative it was like starting over i had to learn how not to be in pain every moment Tormented by my imagination, he had to move the fantasy life from his brain and just be with me. It was rough. We stuck with the basis and just tried to survive those moments, saying yes. I did not participate in sex that was not initiated by me for a long time. Eventually, as I felt protected. we were together. and learned to accept him as he was. I learned to forgive him, let go of things and put the trouble. It became easier. My desire to be near him and did my willingness to be intimate with him was more a blessing from God than my own doing. Vulnerability. first step I took back toward my husband was the was the hardest step I've ever taken in my life. I could fight through disgust for him. The pain I felt was touching the wall I had built around my own physical desires to protect myself from being hurt again. The first time we reconnected, I was a bundle of broad nerves and emotions was for days afterward. The movie in my head of him with other women wouldn't stop, and I had nightmares for days after as well. Stretch, take risks. Yes, but not until I felt secure in my safety. He had been sober for a long time. I felt confident he'd tell me if he slipped. I knew that he wouldn't withdraw emotion if I turned him down. And I knew that I would not allow myself to participate anything that made me uncomfortable. Once all these components were in place over a year, I could take risks and gave him more leeway in our sex life. Step forward, step back. When I felt brave enough to let him initiate again, sometimes we would connect wonderfully. And the very next time I spent the whole day worrying that he'd do something I don't like. Make sex about connections, not about lust and sex drive as much. We set boundaries and certain sexual practices to reduce me feeling victimized and then feeding his lust and prolonging his cycle. We recognize triggering sex wounds and verbalize them and avoided them. Communication to safeguard against more trauma. Lots of talking about what's okay. Temperature checks all along. How does this make you feel? Experiencing things together with feedback. Yep, that helps me feel secure. He makes sex about connections, stays with me, and not disappearing into his own head. We are able to be there together. He's on guard not to go to a carnal, animalistic place which jeopardizes our experiences. He tries not to come to bed with lust in his heart. If he's aware, he's in a lustful frame of mind he doesn't initiate anything. He tries to make sure that my pleasure comes first. He meets my needs before he meets his own. Tone and focus of sex changes. He's careful to be gentle and watch my reactions. There's an element of tenderness that shows respect. We're both there for the other person instead of for ourselves. Pace. He realized it would take time even though the hurt wasn't of his own doing. My husband had to learn how to go at my pace so that he didn't do any more damage. Which aspects of healing our sex relationship went quickly? None. I mean it. If triggered during sex, the same things would trigger me sometimes, not others there's a greater sensitivity to who i am what i feel what the experience is like for me because we listen to and honor how i feel i come to believe that i will protect myself and not allow myself to be further traumatized we have an exit strategy in case i'm triggered during sex empathy during hurt often i want often i would end up in tears after sex he wouldn't say anything just be there with me till i was okay again he let me know that he was hurting too because he knew he destroyed this good thing that he had hurt me badly in the process. wanting together the intimacy we had lost. Verbal reassurance. For us, there's constant feedback communication. Affirmations and expressions of appreciation. Love desire to put each other first. And acknowledgement of the commitment. It's just, it's not just said once and that's that. It's there all the time. As a woman, it's important to have the reassurance. Someone thinks that it deprioritizes you and shows it. Uh... Since this is a Christian couple, gender differences, male, explore, experiment, expand repertoire, female connection, closeness, and comfort. So, hey, if a person is doing you dirty, it's okay to cut them off, even completely. I'm just saying, you ain't got to get a second chance. This... This doesn't have to be a 2nd chance very bad type story. So all the good parts of this article I apply to my casual relations with my partners and all the bad stuff of this article never happens between myself and my casual relations with my partners. Okay. Well, I can be done with that. I see. Did I? Uh, I'm trying to, you know. I think that y'all get the point. You know. I'll just say this. It is important to feel safe around the person you're going to have sex with. Emotional, emotionally safe sex is being sexual with the person you feel comfortable with and is done within an environment which you feel inspired to express yourself openly, honestly, and, authentic, and authentically. Trust is an important quality in healthy sex. It helps us feel emotionally safe secure about choosing to remain in an intimate relationship with our partner. Without trust, we're we'll likely to feel an increased amounts of anxiety, fear, disappointment, and betrayal. SafeSec can get a variety of things that people in Christ much more than one blog can give. So we have to remember that for sure. Um, And I just wanted to. able to say this one thing. Um, I read it. It's just that... Um, And remember, there's 12 types of intimacy, okay? Emotional intimacy, sexual, physical intimacy, crisis intimacy, recreational intimacy, communication intimacy, aesthetic intimacy, work intimacy, commitment intimacy, creative intimacy, conflict intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and sexual intimacy. So you should know all your wants and all your needs. And make sure that y'all are on the same page in terms of what intimacy does not work and does work for y'all, Okay and to know you need to know all of your necessities and desires when it comes to the emotional the sexual the physical the crisis the recreation the communication the aesthetic the work the commitment the creative the conflict the spiritual and the intellectual okay um trust and intimacy get along well you need that in the casual and the commitment um, Okay. And I'll read these two things, I'll be done. Emotional intimacy, you know, emotional intimacy is being able to share your feelings, being emotionally intimate with another person who's being vulnerable, and knowing that you're not going to be hurt by this. So the ability to share your emotions, feelings, emotional a couple, whether you're casual, committed, or just group sex. Okay. Sexual intimacy is being able to connect sex with your partner in an emotionally the safe way. Sexual intimacy improves when two people, more than two people can openly discuss needs, wants, and desires, creating a safe space for both and all individuals. You communicate their physical and sexual needs without being judged. So, I, my partner and I we do both. Um, we have to listen and act on each other's needs by meeting on each other's intimacy needs. Okay, we have to be honest about our turn ons, turn offs, our needs, and our desires. After you list your needs, ask your partner the same. If replacement is not just, when open-minded, discuss needs of both of you so you both have a better understanding of each other. Because I say, closing. Um, everything I read to you all the good mm-hmm. applies to my life, my partners, all the bad does not. Um I'll say this for the very last time if I say it again to the guests. I have um, I wanna talk about it. I have I self-pleasure with and without audio and written erotica. By the way I'm a fan of erotica. I self-pleasure with and without written audio porn by the way, the porn, ethical porn, um, and ethical, ethical before those are my two things I love, uh, so, I must be honest, I love to fuck, I love to have sex, and I love to make love. I'm a sensitive partner, I'm a sensitive lover, I'm a sensitive sex partner, I'm a caring lover, a gentle lover. That's who I am. I'm a generous lover, too. I'm a hospitable lover. I'm a sexual soulmate. And this is how I live my life, and this is how I behave. I'm into free love. I am to sexual liberation, a sexual revolution. I'm a pro-sex, sex positivity, sex positivity, sex positive amendment type of person. That's how I roll. Um sexually liberal. I'm sexually progressive. Um I'm into the sexual revolution, sex liberation, like I said earlier. I'm into the golden age of porn. I'm into... I'm a sex positive, queer positive, body positive, fat positive type person. I just love people caring for themselves and each other. Um, I'm into LGBTQ plus liberation and gay liberation. Um, I'm a Me Too movement member, Church Too movement member, Times Up movement member, for sure. And again, I'm a member of the sex positive movement. I'm a sex positivity sex positive person. I'm am I'm, I'm into pro-sex feminism. I'm into sex radical feminism. Into sexual liberal, sexually liberal feminism. I'm into sex positive feminism. That's me. I'm into comprehensive sex education. Um I hate kink shaming, I hate crude shaming, I hate slut shaming, I hate sex shaming, I hate rape culture. Um I'm into comprehensive sexuality. I'm into comprehensive sexuality education I'm Into comprehensive sex education. I'm into the right to sexuality. I support the Center for Sex Positive Culture. I'm a sex positive culture supporting person. I'm into the Declaration of Sexual Rights. I'm into sex workers' rights. I'm into the decriminalization. I'm into the full decriminalization of sex work. I'm into the full legalization of sex work. I am pro-sex industry, I'm pro-adult entertainment, uh, I'm into sexual liberalization, I am, uh, pro-porn, I am pro masturbation I'm pro erotic fantasies I'm pro-premarital sex, I'm pro-fornication, I'm pro-premarital kissing, by the way, premarital kissing is required requirement of mine. If I was in a relationship, which would never happen, but I'm just saying. Um, I'm pro sex outside of marriage. I'm pro nudity. I'm pro gay liberation. I'm pro legalized abortion. I'm pro contraception. I'm pro the pill. I'm pro interracial marriage. I'm pro women's rights and pro feminism. Um, I'm pro natural childbirth, I'm pro having birth that's considered not natural to the world. Um, and you know, le- within law and reason type matters. I'm all things within law and reason. Um, and neighborliness as well. Let's see. I am pro comprehensive and accurate sex education in schools. It has to include LGBT plus people. I am pro-LGBTQI plus culture. I'm pro-LGBTQI plus rights. Um, I'm pro-slut walk, for sure. This is true about who I am as a person. So I just want to say... Um, I'm a sex-positive person pornography families as well. But now that you... I'm pro-cohabitation. I am... pro... fidelity and... committed relationships. And lastly... I am pro as long as you don't do any harm. That means in my view that people should take charge of responsibility for their lives. should be able to live their lives and manners that they want to regardless of what others may think of them you know the humane, humanistic gosh, should live and let live people should do that people should live as they choose and let other people do the same, their philosophy is live and let live um um as my model, and uh, you know, in actuality, I think. Okay, um. I'll read some of these things. Live and let live global peace movement. I'll I'll read the rest of this and then I'll be done. world this time. The Live and Let Live Global Peace Movement. The world's most important endeavors underway right now. You're invited to join. Live and Let Live Global Peace Movement is a serious effort undertaken by people worldwide to try to live together and live in reading peace. United by a commitment to oppose all forms of aggression, whether instituted by any person, group, organization, or government, and to inspire people to be good humans. We must succeed. Despite good faith disagreements on many issues, we unite around one fundamental principle. We can achieve to maintain freedom and peace in a way that optimizes human happiness while being better than ever previously achieved in human history. Utopia is not a reasonable goal. We should recognize and accept life will be perfect. However, it could be improved dramatically for the vast majority of people. There's no need to check your ethics, common sense, or reasonable skepticism at the door. If you're open-minded, reasonable, and willing to consider a new paradigm for how we govern ourselves and we may be inspired to join the global effort to achieve freedom and peace, we each have different opinions, ideas, and beliefs about the world. We also have different interests, aptitudes, aptitudes, goals, and desires. We value things differently. I am happy to offer you my advice about how you should live your life, but because we define our personal happiness differently, I do not know for sure what is in your long-term best interest. As adults, neither of us has... Any valid claim to be in charge of the other. In that way, we're equal. Absolutely respect your right to be in charge of your life. Simply recognizing those obvious points defines me means a living. Let live type of guy. Wow, all these ways of thinking are my ways of thinking. All these ways of living my ways of living too. What they're saying, I'm a living, let live type of person. The phrase live and let live best capture the essence of what should be our basic fundamental principle of how we interact with each other. Agreed. Imagine the world based on the idea that instead of attempting to impose our views and our will on each other, we each simply agree to live and let live. Thank you. It may initially seem too simple a phrase, but we can actually effectively organize around this phrase. This phrase and the important principle it represents to justly dramatically optimize human happiness. What does it mean to simply live and let live? There are actually two distinct, equally important parts to the principle. One, live and let and live. One. And to let live. The principle is first imperative since objects live your life. You're lucky enough to be alive, conscious, on the planet right now. And with all things, this to will eventually come to an end. Seize the day. As a competent adult owner of your life, you should be in charge of creating, directing, or organizing your life. You have the right to decide for yourself how best to live your life. That means you alone have the right to both define and, per- and peacefully pursue your happiness. You are the rightful owner of your body, all your peacefully acquired property, money, and all your time. As such, you have the right to be the unapologetic iron fist a dictator of these things, and the competent adult iron fist dictator of your body, property, money, and time. You should be permitted, you should be permitted to do anything you want with these, with no restrictions at all, except for one. The second perfect "to let live," means to simply allow others the same right to be the competent adult iron fist dictator of their bodies, property, money, and time. As a prerequisite to achieving freedom and, and peace, you must allow other competent adults the identical reciprocal right to live their lives if they see fit with the same one important restriction. For some of the liberal life principles, some say the devil's in the details. Indeed, you need to decide where to draw the critically important line between living your life and interfering with the equal rights of other competent adults to live their lives. Therefore, we need rules governing how we interact with each other such that we can each live our lives or allow others to live their lives. Given the infinite number of different types of interactions we can have with each other, we we'll undoubtedly need lots of rules defining where to draw that critically important line. But there are two hugely different categories of rules. One category comes with a formal sanction for violations, and the other does not. For example, the rule prohibiting murder comes with a very serious formal sanction for those properly shown to have violated it. However, the rule requiring youngsters to show respect to their elders do not. While well, there may be social consequences for families respect to respect one's elders violating this category of rules, properly Carries no formal consequence. Viewed differently, some rules like the rule against murder were required to comply with. Other rules, like the rule to respect one's elders, were not. Um, rules, we are to, rules we are required to comply with are generally called legal rules. We use the term legal to simply identify the category of rules that carry formal consequences for violations rule properly emerged there for legal run legal rules define the mandatory minimum standards while we must or must not actively interact with each other. Um, so basically moral rules are You know, instead of poison, imposing our morals, which inspire others to act morally. So, basically, the moral rules are certainly important. We are not likely to, uh, to ever achieve peace to inspire others to act morally to some extent. Unfortunately, we do not all agree nor are we likely to agree on morality anytime soon. So, those are the basic things. groups so of how we should treat each other are management because people have the iron physical tendency of themselves may act in more than their own bodies properly at a time, so long as they do not interfere with equal rights of other iron and fisted dictators. manage themselves. Basically, um, you know, be a good human. Be a decent human. And that's all that matters, so. I'm a part of the live and let live movement. I just figured that out just now. So, what is Live and Let Live 3L? Defined by peacefully pursuing your own happiness, honoring the equal rights of other accomplishments, all see the same. The movement is based on the fundamental foundational principle referred to as Live and Let Live principle, which I live by. I also live by the Do No Harm principle. The Do No Harm principle. That means, as long as you follow the Do No Harm principle, you have the right to do whatever you want with your own body. Okay. Thank you all for listening to me. and peace the fuck out.